20 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Fallon. And I'm your co-host, Joel Fallon. And this week, we're going to take a look at three new releases. Skip the film club, since that's quite a bit to handle, but the movies we're going to talk about first, we're going to talk about Wild, the Reese Witherspoon drama about a woman who goes on the Pacific Coast yeah, Trail. They call it the PCT. Yeah, yeah. yeah Pacific Coast Trail. <laughs> she hikes those 90 days or whatever and just follows that trek. Then we're going to shift over to The Gambler, the Mark Wahlberg movie where he's a gambler. <laughs> 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 and then we're going to do our top five, take a break from the reviews, do our top five gambling movies. They're just movies that have something to do with gambling. Or, yeah. <laughs> you know, horse race and whatever. And then we're going to shift gears yet again to the kid-friendly Paddington. This is like a mixture of live-action animation uh, movie about Paddington the Bear. I'm sure you recognize the name from your childhood. So. Yeah, I was surprised I did it. I didn't at first. And then yeah. I recognized him. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was vaguely familiar. But we'll get into the latest reiteration of that. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll go for, from there with the mm-hmm. usual show. Good. So first, first things first, wild. Let's get wild. Let's get wild. <laughs> um, this movie had some. I think Reese Witherspoon was nominated for best actress. Yeah, I think I so. I think so. Um, it's been a while since the Oscars, so I kind of forget as soon as it's over. But I know it definitely had some nominations, like uh, supporting actress. I know her mom was nominated. The girl, oh, really? the woman from Jurassic Park. Yeah. I don't know what her name is, but yeah, she's recognizable. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so the, it's a story of Reese Witherspoon's character who is just going through some shit. So she decides, I'm going to do the unthinkable and hike the Pacific Coast Trail all by myself, which, like I said, was like a 90 day hike, I guess. Yeah, it's like a thousand some miles yeah, or something. From the south of California to... Yeah, it's almost the Mexican border to the Canadian border, yeah. I think. Yeah. And basically, it it follows her as she does this, but it also has these flashbacks, flash side... It's like all kinds of just flashes to different moments in her life. and It's sort of her uh, mental process. Yeah. And Working out her issues. She was yeah. a heroin addict at one point. Yeah, she was in a little bit of everything, it seems like. Her uh, mom died of cancer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's basically the premise. It yeah. reminds you of like an Into the Woods... Uh, not Into the Woods. That is <laughs> definitely totally the same. Completely different movie. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Into the uh, Wild. wild yeah. Yes, with um, that guy. <laughs> I can't yeah, remember Yeah, another guy. He was, he was in a lot of movies <laughs> in a row, it seemed like. Yeah, I'm so off my game right now. <laughs> but... Yeah, that, the you know one of these wilderness type movies. So going in, I heard mixed things. I heard some people. I didn't hear really anyone hated it or anyone loved it. I heard either like yeah, I, solid I or feel the same way. Or it, just didn't like it very much. It got general praise. Yeah, not like a lot of like uh, what was the drone movie we watched? With like Rash. I still heard a little bit of hate on that you yeah. know what I mean because it was so highly acclaimed yeah and it, I didn't see it for this one uh, Jean-Marc Vallée is the director he also directed um, 
Dale Spires Club. Did you see that? I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, we reviewed that last year. I gave it a seven and a half. I liked it not as much as a lot of people. Hmm. So, going into this, I thought like he, he did a good job with it, at least. Yeah. Um, so, going into this, I was interested... But I wasn't like highly anticipating this movie. Or yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. I, I was interested to watch it, but I wasn't like excited. I guess you can say. Yeah. So, how'd you come down? Um. Honestly, I think that we got a little bit of a pattern of a lot of movies that the story's worth telling. It's an interesting story, but the way it's told. Perhaps. Yeah, I can't even quite put my finger on this movie because it is interesting, but it, at least if you compare it to other movies that are like In the Wild or something like that, it just doesn't quite come together like that movie did. Yeah, it didn't exactly capture my attention. Yeah, like, and there's like some things I didn't quite understand throughout it. Like, I guess I did, but like uh, her figure of men in general, when she's out there. I didn't quite understand where that was coming from. Really? Well, I mean, I did. I mean, I I understood her flashbacks and all, but, like, there was things that she generally chose. But, um, I don't know. I felt like when... I'll just say, I liked it okay. Yeah. Like you said, it had an interesting story, but... Something about it just wasn't quite doing it for me. But one of my, I thought the most well done things was that to get across the fear of a, a woman by herself camping in a trail. Uh, well, I guess I can see. And any man that comes around, you know, your first instinct is, uh like, it could get taken advantage of here. Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of understood that, but it just, I, I felt like they overplayed it a little bit in the movie. Like, they kept showing it and showing it throughout the movie. I thought it was, like, either going to lead to something very specific later or in the past. They hammered it home. And the, I guess the thing that lost me was she was sort of in the wrong in her marriage. Or she wasn't sort of in the wrong in her marriage. She... She was around a bunch of yeah. dudes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess but, you could consider her in the wrong. <laughs> Depends what kind of agreement they well, have. I, and that's where I'm coming from. Like I understand your natural reaction to being completely alone in the wilderness and seeing a guy. But I, I, I guess I just didn't like how the movie particularly portrayed it because I thought it would lead into something bigger or what, whatever it may be. Because they kept yeah. bringing it. Every time you kind of lost thought of it, it happened again, you know. I do like how they they kind of turned and turned it on its head a little bit. Where the one guy you think looks like someone that would do something, perfectly nice family yeah. guy, and then there was this like good looking kid who kind of yeah, uh, that guy who played that farmer. He's really familiar. He's in other stuff too. He's just one of those guys who plays like the same kind of person. I guess you could yeah. say. Yeah, I like. I like that whole part. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Took her into the room. <laughs> no offense. Sit on these uh, <laughs> newspapers. and She's just scalping down food like yeah, I couldn't I, believe. I, in the beginning when she's trying to put the backpack on. I think she hasn't <laughs> even started the trail yet. She can't even yeah. lift the backpack. And... <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a little over the top. But <laughs> kind of funny I guess. Yeah. But then later on you get to the guy who's like 
just clean cut, looks like a nice person, you know, and he kind of yeah, turns out to be not too much. Yeah. But. Then, uh, you got the Hunters later. Yeah. Which, that was kind of. Actually, I was surprised the other guy was such a good guy, and then the other guy was such a freaking creeper. Yeah, I definitely thought that was going to be a way worse, situ- even worse situation than yeah. it was. Um, but uh, this was a true story, I imagine, right? I think in the so. credits, I thought they had it's real at least pictures. based off of a book. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I can't remember if the book was fiction or nonfiction, but definitely, I'm I'm pretty sure. It was. I think in the credits they had pictures of a woman and it wasn't research yeah well yeah (laughs) that would lend to that credence um one thing i didn't particularly care for about the movie was the inner dialogue and how like it would just be like a narration but it was more like her thoughts Uh, yeah i don't know for some reason that just didn't exactly work it didn't really fit a little corny for some reason yeah it was sort of the movie was just so silent. Actually, see, I wish it was more silent because... Well, that's what I'm saying. I just yeah. thought that they were trying to fill in yeah, some exactly. space with that kind of stuff. Yeah, it just felt... Not necessary. I, it, it's saying something while you're also showing it on screen. So it's kind of redundant, you know? Yeah. Like, just show it. Don't tell. <laughs> we get it. We can see what she's thinking just based on her actions that's what i would have liked yeah i wish they would have at least done it a little differently like i wish if they had to keep the talking in i wish she was talking about something like maybe flashback conversations and like a link to what she's doing now how it's helping her relieve something else in the past if they kept that but yeah i feel you it's it was a little pushed in there yeah like there are some movies that use silence brilliantly you know and it just I feel like it's they weren't confident enough in what they had so they kind of you know doubled down yeah that's probably it's a pretty good way to put this movie I think it it's there like we said it's an interesting story worth being told all that good stuff the performances the yeah. performances are really good it's hard to really pick out a bad thing they did but it's just they didn't seem like they were confident in putting the movie together or something like yeah. that you know they, I mean they played it safe in certain areas where it made it was detrimental I think to the movie mm-hmm. it's almost like <laughs> You need to make a choice and again go with it. Be confident in your choice. This is like making too many choices. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading into it too much, but but and that's sort of how I felt like about the what was the World War Two movie you watched last week? Oh yeah. Um... It was just a very awesome, interesting story, but it was just so all over the place. It had unbroken. The whole, yeah, unbroken. Yeah. Like. I loved it when they were on the raft. I didn't like it so much yeah. after they got picked up and whatever. And basically, the movie to me was kind of dull. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Visually, like, and I know that was kind of the point because she's going through these deserts. and But it just, it wasn't very uh, engaging to me. No. And even just the pace. It's just everything was kind of dull. It never really, like I said, in, engaged my interest yeah I sort of about halfway through this movie I was sort of doing something else like I was still watching the movie but I was just sort of 
doodling or on my phone with other movies even they're kind of similar where they're dull they at least I feel like I'm going to miss something and in this I didn't really feel like that I felt like some of the strongest stuff was with her mom the relationship with her mom yeah and you could see how why she would become such a mess after what happened and I don't know. I I kind of wish they did a little bit more with her husband because he seemed. Um, I'm a big fan of him actually. Like from uh, the newsroom, he's on. Oh he yeah, that's where I only saw on two episodes of the newsroom, but I do recognize him. Um, he's a pretty good actor. Uh, I thought he was a pretty good guy. He seemed like kind of her anchor a little bit. I thought it would have made her seem a little bit more human. Yeah, yeah. It is interesting that he would still be friends with her after everything and. Yeah, that was like kind of he totally understood. Like, yeah, for the most, it, and that's kind of saying something, you know. Like he wished her the. He, isn't it hurt him that he talks to him her yeah. in the beginning? It was yeah. like I wish she didn't have to walk a thousand miles to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of interesting. Or maybe they could have seen more of that. But I did like how. I mean, they didn't really shy away from showing the graphic stuff. Yeah, know. I was a little surprised about that. I thought they might try to stand away the rough edges, but they really... At least they let all... Everything show, you know? Yeah. Um, has Reese Witherspoon ever done nudity before? Uh, I think when she was young. Hmm. I like, mean, she's never maybe really... Maybe first couple movies or she's something. She's never really done anything for me anyway, but... Yeah. I thought that was... Uh, I guess that's brave. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I guess sometimes it's it makes sense. You know, it's not. If, yeah, if it, yeah they, they weren't just like put in there so <laughs> yeah. see your tits or something like that. Just like, to sell the movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have much else. We got some more movies to get to, but I thought it was a little disappointing, but still not terrible. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I didn't regret watching it. No, but no. Yeah, it was it was boring. Yeah, uh, I would give it a 6 out of 10. Yeah, I went the same, 6. Cool. Um, but again, if you're ever low on movies to watch, <laughs> and you don't have any... I, I do recommend watching it one, at one point, but I wouldn't go out of your way. Yeah, this seems like a good HBO show. You know? Yeah. Once it hits HBO... Catching on TV or something. Totally worth Absolutely. But let's go over to The Gambler now. This is a... Like we said, the Mark Wahlberg movie, he is a writer slash professor slash professional gambler, and he's having issues as well. Yeah. Theme of this episode. Um, he's, what would you say, he's borrowing money from different loan sharks or whatever, and then, like, idiotically losing that money. Yeah, it's... it's like he's trying to lose that's what makes him feel alive. Yeah, it's it's a strange concept yeah. in this movie. Exactly what his... Borrows money from his mom, loses it. Borrows money from this mafia guy or whatever, loses it. And they, they even address it in the movie. He sort of got like, boo-hoo. What yeah. horrible problems you have. You're yeah. a genius. You right. a rich family and <laughs> whatever. Yeah, it's but, white people problems to the man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, this didn't get great reviews. It came out around Christmas time, but for some reason the trailer interested me. I thought it looked kind of good. I was again, I was definitely interested to check it out. 
But it wasn't something that I'm like, oh yeah, we're going to watch this movie and we're going to review it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John Goodman is in it, so that's always interesting. Yeah, I, I think it was one of the shine better examples. But you movie. saw this movie I saw before. it. Before. Yeah. And obviously you chose to see it early, so it must have interested you. Um, it just happened to be the right, in the right place at the right time, <laughs> I guess. I didn't seek out to watch this movie, but it just sort of fell in my lap. Right. But, um... Uh, had a lot of them this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it's a good movie. It's just, um... It's interesting. Uh, that's a step up from Wild. Um, hmm. But... It's another movie that just doesn't really come together in the right way. Yeah, I was really disappointed, actually. Um, this is definitely my least favorite movie of the three that we're reviewing. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, again, really dull. Like, the filmmaking it has this really weird greenish-gray kind of quality like a film to it. green over top of... Uh, uh, yeah, um, just this kind of... Not quite as bluish green as John Wick's kind of filter. Did you see that? No. Um, everyone loved it. I hated it. But, uh, <laughs> I didn't hate it, but it wasn't good. It was like really dark and... I don't know. I didn't really like the way it looked. Even though It's directed by... I think his name's Rupert Wyatt. I think he did Rise of the Planet of the Apes. He did some movie that I had liked... So right. I was really surprised how much I, I just didn't like this. Yeah, time. it's one of those movies. It should have been a good movie. The ingredients are there. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah. I can't. This I can't say this is one where it's an excellent story, but you know, like it's not one of the ones like Unbroken or or Wild, where or The Imitation Game, where yeah. it's an incredible story. Happy to see it. You yeah, know, this was kind of. What I felt it's like, just anyway. kind of like edgy enough to be interesting, I guess. It's something that, on paper, sounds like it could be interesting. Yeah. But to me, I was like, "What is the point of this?" Yeah, I, I gotta agree with you. Um, I do like. I think at the end of the movie, it does pick up a little bit. It makes yeah. up for a uh, decent amount. It doesn't make up for what is it like an hour of setup to do that. And yeah. yeah, I guess that was probably my favorite part too. The very end, just how it all resolves itself. Yeah. But so much about I don't know if it's the script, if it's the direction or, or <laughs> what, but it's uh it's just so much about this went wrong, I feel like. The love interest just felt so Yeah, that was a really <laughs> weird cliche, like obvious uh, I don't know. Of course, she works at the casino where he gambles, and she's also a student, and yeah, that she's didn't also work for a me. Star student. Yeah, yeah, that didn't really work for me. I didn't really. I didn't think that gambling. Usually, like in Sin City, a Dame to Kill for, not a great movie, but the scenes with Joseph Gordon-Levitt is gambling. It's exciting. It's yeah. fun. This. I was so getting so irritated because this this isn't really how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Every single play he's going all in, you know, it just seems so obtuse. Yeah, I, I think that really the best part of the movie is 
John Goodman really picking apart what essentially is wrong with the movie. He's not literally doing that, but he's, like, when he first meets him, so he's like, let me get this right. You know, like you're a novelist teacher because the world has feet, but you're a degenerate gambler who wants to lose. Maybe suicidal. And just... Right. You know what I mean? He's sort of like the father figure in the whole movie. God-like figure. Uh, it's strange. It's a really weird movie. And not in a good way. No. Um, I know that you can have anti-heroes. You can have main characters who are not perfect. You know, even Wild is a good example. Like, she's a complicated character, but you're still on her side. She's the protagonist. Yeah, and I still you want her with to, her. You want her to... You know, you're rooting for her, basically. But here... I could not get behind him. Yeah, I just I, didn't like him. He's I, unlikable. And there's a difference between a complicated, like, you know, uh, even an anti-hero. He's not an anti-hero either because anti-hero is someone like you have a guilty pleasure of watching do what to do or something, you know. And this was just like, didn't like him. Didn't really like anyone in the movie, to be honest. Uh, I kind of like the basketball player. Please. Yeah, but even that was so... Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how basketball works, like, even when they shared those scenes. But, I mean, I understood he ends up... Isn't he in on the thing that they're doing even before Mark Wahlberg says something? Or he knows something about it? Or I don't know. They don't really make that clear. Definitely don't make it clear. Um, about the spread. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, like... But it kind of goes from him earlier in the movie, like, saying, I don't even want to play basketball. Like, he was saying he doesn't even want to play in his senior year, and people just, like, look at him like he's speaking Chinese or something. So I understood a little bit, but I don't understand the rest of the movie. Yes. And even that, when I, I think that had potential to be a good scene, where it's just him and the basketball player talking, I got a knee. Like, it's so... It's not subtle at all. Yeah. It is just stating the themes. Like, yeah. It's just saying exactly what, you know. Why not just... I don't know. It just was so over the top. Yeah, this movie is just a swing and a miss. Yeah. I mean... The pitch was there, but... <laughs> yeah. It was a hanging slider and it got popped up or something. Yeah, exactly. But I, I, I don't know... I'm ragging on it like I thought it was one of the worst movies ever made, but I didn't think that. I just thought, I, just, I thought it should have been such a better movie. There were some moments when I was interested, you know, like like we said that I don't want to give it away, but kind of the climax of the movie was kind of fun. I thought um, John Goodman he looked really weird in this, but yeah, he, he was a decent character. Uh, without, like, actually giving it away, though, uh, whatever John Goodman's last line in the movie was, was pretty awesome. Yeah. He basically just says something to the movie, something about the guy in power is the guy who says, fuck you, or something like that, and walks away, kind of alludes to all that. It's It was neat, but that's about all the positive praise I have for the movie. Yeah. Uh, although, I would say, well... I can't say it's a good performance for Mark Wahlberg, but I think, I feel like it's more the script's problem. Like, I feel like he's doing with what he has pretty well. Yeah, that's, 
That's a better way to put it. Uh, we should have kind of been more clear about that. It, yeah, it isn't. It's not bad acting. It's. I like the girl who plays the love interest. She was in the Short Term Twelve and and some other movies that are like. She's a good up and coming actress, but yeah, she she did great, and she was like a believable. Yeah. Whatever she, you know what I mean. Yeah. But yeah, the script the just script doesn't blend well to anything. There's sometimes I have a hard time, like. As I've done this podcast, I'm becoming more and more aware, but still, I I'm not confident, like, if I say this is a terrible script, like, well, maybe it's not a terrible script, maybe the director screwed it up, you know, how am I, how, I'm, I, yeah, sometimes I, I have a hard time determining what went wrong, but I feel pretty confident the script is the major problem here. Yeah, something obviously just doesn't fit. Yeah. But, and it seems to be that. I wish I had more to say, but I was bored to death. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I watched this movie a long time ago. I rewatched bits and pieces, so I didn't watch the entire thing from start to end. So, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't feel obligated to rewatch to it. rewatch the whole thing, because it is kind of There's boring. no way in Especially hell. after watching it for the first time. No way would I rewatch it. You know, I movie. thought at first it was going to be one of those movies that you watch again, and you kind of catch on a little bit more. No. There's nothing. There really isn't anything there to No subtlety. On. Yeah, this is definitely fast food. <laughs> <laughs> and bad at that. Um, yeah, I give it 5 out of 10. Although, when I talk, you'd think it'd be a little bit lower, but... I ended up... I did give it a, give it a six and a half, and I was, just because I did think the acting was good. I thought the actors were good. But it's a week six and a half. All right. Well, let's go... Oh, top five. Top five. <laughs> yes, I'm going to switch straight to the next review. Yeah, so, gambling movies. Um, I do tend to... Th I, maybe it's because... I have a competitive slash gambling drive inside of me somewhere, but I kind of love in movies when there's something on the line, you know. Oh, me too. When it's a whether it's a horse race or a poker game or any anything that has money on the line or stakes. Yeah, I like know? when a movie literally a figuratively yeah. puts the stakes on the table. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So I. Even if the main movie or the whole movie isn't about gambling, I do like gambling in movies for the most part. Yeah. Um, the gambler being one of the exceptions to that. <laughs> so there was, I didn't, I had a kind of a hard time determining what um, would count as a top up gambling movie, like how much gambling had to be a part of it. So I kind of, I left some onto honorable mentions that could have made. A higher place on the list, but I just wasn't 100% confident in in how much of a gambling movie it was. Yeah, I, I feel you. That's what I was sort of thinking about myself. It's it's sort of a subgenre in a, itself. Yeah. I guess, I mean, we say this a lot with these lists. It's almost just like whatever you make of it, you know? Like, yeah, it's, I, I mean, a couple of the ones on my list could go either way, you know? I couldn't. Like, uh, tell someone they're wrong if they had a certain movie. Like, like just consider anything with any gambling in, in it, a gambling movie. I can't fault you for that. But I kind of, I tried to make it a little more. Yeah, it's not like 
doing top five dramas and comedies. It's yeah. pretty clear cut, you know what I mean? Even though there are dramedies, really, these days, but... Yeah, it's just one of those things. I, already, I always called them commas, but no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, let's get it uh, going. What's your number five? My number five, I give it to Ocean's Eleven. Okay. Um, and I have a mention for that. I, again, it was sort of one of those ones that was borderline this is a gambling movie or not heist movie in a casino yeah I mean, it's so in a casino so I can definitely understand I just thought it was a better movie than the one I have for my shout out so there you go that's my number five my number five is a family <laughs> what <laughs> a family classic in uh, in our family let it ride that was my honorable mention yeah <laughs> Just a really fun movie, comedy. Uh, is it uh, Dreyfus? Yep, Richard Dreyfus. He goes to the track, and it's his lucky day. No matter what he does, it seems like he keeps winning, and he's letting it ride. Get it? <laughs> uh, he's putting his winnings back in to try to get up to a certain ca- amount of money for some reason I forget. But yeah, I can't remember exactly what the money ends up being for. But yeah, I've I haven't seen it in a while, but I just love this. The song, I got a horse right here. <laughs> and then in the parts where he's like taking the, um, what is it called? The forum. The forum. The forum. Yeah, and he's just saying, who do you like crossing that horse out? Yeah, and scratching every horse off. Whatever's left is who he bets on. And, you got a brother? <laughs> There's some good stuff. I don't know how well it holds up, but just so many nostalgic memories at least. Yeah. And I feel like it. It still would be pretty good, so... Yeah. That's my number five. All right. Number four, I went with Casino Royale. That's my number four as well. Really? James Bond. Yeah. For, the first James Bond movie I ever saw. Really? And my favorite to date. I've only seen three. It's actually the original James Bond movie remade. Really? Yeah, it's uh, an American... They used to have it on HBO. I've seen bits and pieces the of original? it. The first Bond is an American guy. And it's Casino Royale. That's what the movie's gotcha. called. It's just, it's really fun. Especially the poker parts. Yeah, it's actually, like, this definitely a gambling movie. Even though it's a Bond movie yeah. as well. It's spy and all that. But This brought me back to the days when I, I was obsessed with No Limit Texas Hold'em. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what they're playing. So. And it's cool. I like how they didn't go, like, the easy route with Vegas. Or even, um... There's a Chinese kind of Vegas. It's Macau or something like that. Macau. He's in movies. Yeah. Bond movies, actually. It's been in a few There's times. a UFC fight there. What Macau is... Uh, what's the place they're at? Is it uh, that place where they have the famous F1? Monaco? That's where it is. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's in Monaco. Sometimes Abu Dubai. Or what is it? Uh, Dubai? Yeah. Abu Dhabi is the That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> I was fixing it again. But those are kind of like a richy place. Yeah. Have that kind of new gambling there. Really? Yeah. Huh. Learn something new every week. <laughs> uh, yeah, great movie. Great Bond movie. Did you, first, did you like Skyfall? I did. I, I think I from? like Skyfall a lot more than other people like Skyfall. Though. What's better, Casino Royale or Skyfall? Oh, it's tough. They're different movies. Um, Quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I think the two movies kind of complement each other pretty well because 
Casino Royale, they explain why basically the new Bond is sort of darker, has a darker past and whatnot. And I think Skyfall, they kind of address the root of that initial problem or whatever you want to call it. But I don't know. I think Skyfall is slightly better. I say Skyfall has a better song. Casino Royale is a better movie. Yeah, the only reason I would put Skyfall a little bit above it is the scope of it's bigger. Yeah, that's true. And Casino Royale. But I do, that's what I like about Casino Royale is the scope is just on that particular thing rather than him jet setting across the world. Mads Mikkelsen is a really good villain too. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it, so I can't remember every little bit. What's your number three? Number three, I got Lock, Stocking, Two Smoking Barrels. Which I knew you'd have that. I sort of forgot was even had anything to do with gambling, <laughs> but I rewatched it actually a few weeks ago, or actually this week. It would have been on my list, but it's already <laughs> in this list. And you still love it? I love that movie. Guy Ritchie? Big Guy Ritchie fan. Well, for the most part, I think he's had a couple I think movies, but... It's, uh, I don't love it, but... There's something about the movies that I just forgive. They have a, a fun pace, a fun energy tone. Yeah, I, I'm kind of a sucker. I like the British crime movies for some reason. Snatch is his movie, my favorite of his. Yeah, movies. Snatch is probably the better movie. Um, I think I just have a little bit more of a connection with Lockstock. Yeah. It's the first movie like that I've ever seen. I used to actually get the two movies mixed up. Yeah. Vinnie <laughs> Jones is in that one, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, my number three is Rounders, the classic poker movie. Nice. That's um, on my list. Matt Damon, Edward Norton. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I used to watch it a lot when I was like in middle school, high school. Yeah, I remember. Just, uh, it's just a lot of fun. I don't know. It's yeah. when I fell, fell in love. I started loving uh, Edward Norton as an actor. <laughs> Well, that's my number two, actually. All right. <laughs> you like it as well. I do. Um, Young Matt Damon, he's an awesome actor. He really is. He's um, like a Tom Hanks of his time. Just so solid that hmm. you you just take it for granted, you know? You don't I, ever put him in the best actors, but he is. For consistently, sure. yeah, yeah. Consistently. I, I never thought of it that way, but that's a great way to put it. More action-y than Tom Hanks. Yeah, but, for sure. But. but just so consistent, and it doesn't matter the quality of the movie he's in, he will be the best part of it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, my number two is The Sting. The I I've never seen that one. 76? 71? It's like um, Connery or something? No, it's Robert Redford and... Yeah. Uh, Jesus, I'm brain dead tonight. <laughs> the other guy, who's also in my number one movie... Um, but yeah, it's just a movie, a con artist, and there's some, uh, basically the whole movie is kind of set up, formatted as a, a con, you know, the steps, they go into it. Oh, okay. Robert Redford is this con artist, and he kind of gets into this really big con, and it's hard to explain, but it's a really great... I've heard of the movie. It's a thrilling before, movie, but. for sure. Alright. And number one. Uh, this is one of those kind of subjective ones. Um, it could be considered a gambling movie or not, but Casino. It's the best movie on my list. 
So it's my number one kind of by yeah. default. It might not be the best gambling movie, but... I, I had a Rounders as number one at first, and it's like, how do I have Rounders better in Casino? <laughs> yeah, I had Casino as honorable mention, because that was one where I'm like, yeah, it's called Casino, but it's really a mob movie. Yeah. You know? But I definitely have no problem with counting it. Um, I, the only reason really it made my list is because it is literally about running a casino. Yeah. So I just sort of looked at it as gambling from the yeah. other. I could even see The Godfather being counted. Or The Godfather 2, excuse me, because a yeah. big part of that is when um, the brothers helping out the casino. Yeah, they're setting everything up for yeah. the Cuba first and... Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know, it might be well, Vegas first and yeah. Cuba second. But. but yeah, Casino, really good Scorsese movie. Not a, not my favorite of his. Yeah, it's a little melodramatic sometimes. It's, it's really super long. super long. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard for me to watch the last like 45 minutes or so. Like, I think his wife is so obnoxious yeah, and annoying. I kind of agree. And it, for such a brilliant guy to put up with that crap. Doesn't make much sense to me, but but De Niro is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great movie. My number one is Paul Newman. That's the name I was looking for. Oh, and, and that's the name I'm coming down with. Uh, the Hustler, the classic uh, pool movie. I've seen um, parts of it. I've never seen the whole movie. It's awesome. Is it's, it? Uh, yeah. Um, Casey recommended it to me for a film club segment way back, maybe hmm. like a year year ago. Um. Yeah, it was so good, and it grows in my estimation since I saw it. I think Paul Newman is one of those actors that transcends time a little bit. Yeah, because it seems like every time I watch like an older movie, which I'm always a little hesitant about, just because of whatever preconceived notions. Yeah, exactly. Seem to hear. Yeah. Um, but they always seem to be awesome. Like I remember my dad getting slapstick. Slap shot. I've never so, seen it, but I know it is hilarious. And he, he's a, like a De Niro. He can do serious or comedy really well. Yeah, he's he has kind of like two eras almost. When he was younger, like the hustler, he's this young, strapping, good-looking guy. Yeah, like, yeah. But then when he's a little bit older, he has a completely different look with the white hair and the mustache. Yeah, I guess when you make a salad dressing company. <laughs> you ever seen that? It's an all Super Newman's. It's Paul Newman. Really? Yeah, they like it's like a non-profit. I think donating to charity. Uh, but he's definitely one of the greats, and and the hustler is amazing with Jackie Gleason as his his competitor, and just the way the the stakes are really driven home in that movie. Really good. Nice. My honorable mentions, real quick: Casino. Part eight, the Paul Thomas Anderson movie with John C. Riley and Mike uh, Hall. <laughs> <laughs> cool Hand Luke, another Paul Newman movie. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know yeah. if I would consider it gambling movie, but he does gamble in it with his cellmates. Yeah, okay. so, the Color of Money, another Paul Newman movie, <laughs> which is the pseudo sweet sequel to The Hustler that Scorsese directed with. Um, uh, Tom Cruise. Oh. Vegas Vacation. Oh, man. Awesome. Eight Men Out. The baseball movie where about the Black Sox scandal where they're betting against themselves. Seabiscuit. Alright. And not, I didn't love it, but 21. The Blackjack movie with 
uh, with Kevin Spacey. Uh, no, I've never seen it. I know you're talking about. It's though. fun. It's no, nah, I don't know why I put it on there. It's uh, <laughs> it's like about the MIT people. Yeah, yeah. Your um, mention was Let It Ride. Yep. Yeah, that MIT story is kind of a beating a dead horse, isn't it? A little bit. <laughs> it's like a stylish movie, though. I'd compare it now to like Now You See Me, that magician movie that came out last year or two years ago. Oh, okay. It's kind of glossy, but had its moments. Well, let's move on to the last main review of the episode with uh, Paddington, the kid-friendly movie about the bear who loves marmalade and he moves to London after shit goes down at his reserve in Argentina, right? Yeah. And uh, this family in London take him in temporarily, not so temporarily, and it's kind of like there's this woman who... Once all, all these rare animals to stuff them and mount them and all that. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a caper, you know. Yeah. Um, My favorite movie of these, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I my expectations going in were zero. I was like, man, Bob's making me watch another going one. Going off the deep end. Ones again, <laughs> little kids' movies again. But I when I turn the movie on, sometimes in these movies... I have to watch them in bits and pieces, like, oh, go make something to eat, whatever. I watched the whole movie all the way through one sitting. Yeah. It's a fun movie. It is. <laughs> yeah, I had heard a lot of good reviews for it. Like, I had heard Paddington's come out, and I just thought, oh, okay, it's another Smurf, Scarfield, yeah. Chipmunks, you know, these animated slash live action movies. And I'm like, whatever. Start hearing all these great reviews because it came out in England or. Yeah, England and the UK early. Um, and it had like an 80-some or 90-some percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And I'm Jeez. like, huh, maybe I'll take Mackenzie to see this. We go to see it in the movies. I think I told the story before, but it was sold out. That's when we saw Into the Woods. So uh, I was yeah. definitely looking forward to checking it out when it hit DVD. And yeah, I, I enjoyed it a great deal. I mean, I didn't love it. Yeah. I didn't think it was amazing. But it was a really fun movie I um, did uh, I thought the CGI worked really well yeah blended really really well and it's kind of weird because it, it looks realistic but not too realistic yeah you know it's a talking fucking bear but it kind of worked somehow yeah they uh, hats off to whoever their uh, special effects people are because yeah. they really felt found the best balance of making him look like a bear and making it believable that he was talking to them yeah and it, it's just so most of the time something like this would be something where it's like stuck in the middle where you should have went more serious or more goofy but this kind of did find that happy medium where it's this weird parallel world where it's just acceptable that there's a talking bear there's never a oh my god a talking bear you know, <laughs> yeah. there's no adjustment like a lot of the, these kinds of movies would do. Yeah, like when they first see the family. Yeah. Dad's like, oh, a bear. Yeah. What's he looking for? <laughs> Whatever. It's yeah. just like... Yeah, and it's pretty funny too. I mean, I keep wanting to reserve my praise be just because there are moments where it's typical f yeah. family, kids movie. Like, it's a little over the top with like the bathtub and the water <laughs> yeah and shooting down the stairs I feel like that had to happen in a book specifically like it yeah. seemed too <laughs> yeah 
And the stuff with Nicole Kidman was a little goofy for my taste. I uh, I thought it was the worst part of the movie. Yeah, for sure. I thought it could have maybe not even been in there and been just as um, interesting. Yeah, make it more about they're kicking him out. Or, yeah. or he's leaving on his own accord because he doesn't want to put him out and make the, have the roles kind of reverse. Like, that kind of just seemed like it was added in there just to have some action, just to have some, yeah. an adversary. Um, felt a little forced. Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought the family was far more interesting than that. Um, I mean, I kind of understood why they did But to me, it made Paddington feel more like a dog than human. Because, yeah. like, the dad goes, feels bad, and he's, like, looking, and then, I don't know. I, I just thought they fell a little short with Nicole Kidman's part. But. Yeah, but that's not, a, it's not a huge it, It's not a game breaker whatsoever. No. Um, my daughter, Mackenzie, she, she watched it with me. She loved it. Did she? she yeah. I figured she would. I actually returned it. After I rented it from Redbox. We watched it. I returned it the next day. And she's like, can we watch Paddington? I'm like, and I took it back. Uh, <sighs> let's watch Big Hero 6. Or, and I kept saying different things to watch. And she demanded, no, I want to watch Paddington. So <laughs> I happened to have a buy one, get one free the next day. Rented it again. She watched it like three or four more times before I finally nice. returned it again. So she, I didn't watch it. I saw bits and pieces of... Uh, of it again, but I watched it for the first time through and then saw a little bit. But she watched it four or five times. That's the whole time I was watching it. I was like, she had to have loved this yeah. movie. It's funny. Yeah, and she, yeah, she has good taste. I guess. <laughs> kind of wish we would have saw it in the theater. Would have been cool. Yeah, a lot of funny stuff. Like I especially like when they're in the mall. He's going down the escalator. Yeah, <laughs> like stay to the right. He's reading everything yeah. very literally. Yeah. Kind of like Drax the Destroyer stuff from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. It's an easy win. I like that. Um, yeah. And uh, I think my favorite part is the beginning with the Explorer. Yeah. Just the whole setup. and Yeah. Like uh, only coming with the necessities. And then you see in the back he's got a grandfather clock. <laughs> yeah. You know. Mini grand piano. Yeah. It was very... Witty. Yeah. <laughs> I thought something was going on with the computer. Is that coming out of the speakers? No. Alright. Sorry about that. Well, cut that out. If, uh, if I remember to cut that out, you won't know. If I forget, now you know why there was all that weird talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, we're, this is the humor. There was kind of like, it had a Wes Anderson kind of vibe at times. Yeah. You know, like especially the scene where like the house opens up like a dollhouse and you see all the different rooms. Yeah. That was cool. So different stylistic things. Definitely reminiscent of Wes Anderson, that one. And also was kind of cool stylized when, uh, when um, the leaves that were painted on the wall of the tree oh, kind of blew can, off. Yeah, that was, I thought that was cool. I loved their house in the, um, in the jungle. I don't know. I like how they yeah. put a lot of links to different things, and they capture your attention right away with, in the beginning with that like origin story, yeah. so to speak. You know, it doesn't take long to get into the action. Not boring. You know, it gets you into that world right away. Yeah, right away. You, it's believable. <laughs> um, so yeah, and just the family dynamics. 
Some of it's obvious. Like, of course, the dad is going to be the skeptic, and then the mom <laughs> is going to be, you know, too giving or too acceptable. And then the kids are kind of yeah. Vice and then versa. at the end, it comes full circle. Yeah. You know, like uh, not really giving away much, but they're playing with the rockets at the end. Finally, with his dad, and his dad said, "We need more of this." And yeah. He's like, "The son's too worried about." His dad's like a safety precaution. <laughs> exactly. And, um, see, uh, Sally Hawkins plays the mom. She was great in Blue Valentine, not Blue Valentine, um, Blue Jasmine, the Woody Allen movie last year. And I thought she was good in this. She was okay. And yeah. All the performances were fine. Yeah. I'd actually say performances were better in, like, Wild. Yeah, the acting and all that. in those movies were awesome. I mean, it well, does, this one doesn't really need it, though. Yeah, this is just about having fun. You don't need Tom Cruise. Great voice performance by whoever was voicing Paddington. Oh, yeah. You know. I didn't even think of it that way. Yeah. You didn't, like, I completely made the connection with the voice to that character. It yeah, didn't feel empty. Too. It had weight to it. You know, sometimes a CGI creature can have no weight to it. Yeah. It definitely did. <laughs> the marmalade stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's goofy. Especially, like, when he's in the rain with the British soldier. And the guy is, yeah. like, never talk or whatever. And he's giving him sandwiches, and <laughs> that was fun. So, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the heck out of it. What more can you really say? Yeah, I, I, it was a really fun movie. Definitely recommend it. Yeah. I um, gave it a heavy seven and a half. I give it a heavy seven. Okay. Completely respectable. <laughs> Getting tired. Um, what else did you watch this week? Um, I watched The Great Gatsby, the newer one. Had you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it a bunch. I, I think uh, every May I get the mood to watch it. I think it's Leo? about when it came out. Yeah. Right, Leo? Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I love the movie. I, I like it a lot more than most people do. I enjoy it a lot. I, I was. It was one of my most pleasant surprises of that year. Yeah, and I love that director's style. Uh, he makes his style substance somehow. I would agree. And Visually for other movies, beautiful. they can just lack all everything else if it's stylistic, and this does not leave anything behind. Yeah, look great, sound great, sound. I love the soundtrack. Though. Yeah, and, uh, plus it's uh, Nick Carraway is a uh, Toby. Toby McGuire. Toby McGuire and him and Leo go back like perfect fit right there. Leonardo DiCaprio was awesome as the Great Gatsby. Yeah, I, he was really kind of born to be Gatsby, wasn't <laughs> yeah. he? He's kind of the real world Gatsby. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like I, I don't know. I can't say enough. I love that movie. Yeah. Great it's, summer flick. I can see it as definitely a rewatchable film because yeah, it's a light kind of the whole Gatsby idea and story is pretty hefty like you could look at it on its surface and say it's a love story and then you can look at it in another way and say Gatsby was a very empty person yeah alive I don't know it's, they say it's a great American novel so I don't know I never read it me either. this is I've never seen any other iteration or anything this is my only uh, you know I mean I had heard of it of course I heard yeah, like uh, I think they broke us up into groups in school when I just happened to now read that book. Right, I didn't either. So, so yeah, I, I gave that personally like a nine. Nice. Well, I watched, rewatched a movie that I love this week as well, The Truman Show. Oh, 
Good watch. This was a weird week. Like, I had, at least I thought, I got an email. I had free HBO for three months, from January 30th to April 30th. And the email said, at April, don't worry, April 30th, don't have to do anything. You know, we won't, aren't going to secretly charge you. You know, it'll just, you lose the service April 30th. So I, that last week, I'm just recording any movie that yeah. I hadn't seen or that I wanted to watch again. And, uh, but now April 30th passed and uh, I still have HBO. So I, I'm curious to see if it's going to charge me for it or oh, not geez. when I get that bill. Um, I was going to use a free, because HBO now, the new service, yeah, you can I get can't. a free month. Oh, really? when, you, when you first sign up for it so I was going to kind of wait till the free trial TV ended to switch to that and then maybe try to order it yeah I think uh, whenever they come out for the app for my Xbox I'll definitely be getting yeah, it yeah three months after it originally came yeah. or something yeah. but anyway yeah, The Truman Show was one of the shows I recorded and uh, it's one of my favorite movies of all time really? Uh, yeah no, I was going to say it's definitely a classic it's, it's awesome great premise you know, it's hold a, up over time. It hold. It really does. I mean, it's not a one for one, but yeah, it really did hold up. I was kind of nervous to watch it again because I'm like, I had it in. I believe I have it in my top, at least my top fifty of all time. Okay. I was kind of nervous that this might kind of spoil that, but no, it, it's about Truman, who is he was born and raised in this fake town. His whole life is uh, just a TV show, reality TV show. And it's a great premise, a great statement on where rea- what reality TV kind of... It's, it's kind of like the Hunger Games, in a way. Yeah. Just a statement on where we're going with that. I don't know if we'll ever actually get to that point. <laughs> uh, it's like a big... The next big brother, you know. Yeah, people use it, the movie, as an example a lot, saying that, you know, this is... Generally, the ominous day is that's what we're yeah. all in a Truman show, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. And yeah, so he's born and ra- raised by actors, <laughs> like <laughs> everyone in his life. It's a set, it's there's a director with Ed Harris, plays the director who does oh a good my job. god, yes. And Jim Carrey is the main character, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, and he awesome. I, I mean, if you don't like Jim Carrey. You might not. I still think you would appreciate this movie. You might not love it as much as I do, but yeah, it doesn't really have his goofy humor quite. As he much brings as it his. to it. Oh yeah, it's definitely got it. But he t- makes it his own. Um, it's not Ace Ventura. Though. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he, I think he's actually a really good actor. I do too. Um, his his serious roles. I I kind of like him. I still haven't seen that one movie, but. Uh... What, seven or something like that? The number 23? Yeah, that's what it is. Not a good movie. I mean, he's okay in it, though. I mean, yeah. But his performance is amazing. It's really funny the way they do, like, advertisements in his <laughs> real life where all of a sudden his wife would be like, look what I got, hun. It's a better with that. Yeah. Never, <laughs> never leaves any love. I love when he just starts catching on and he's like, Oh yeah, around town and doing stuff. Oh yeah, just the revelation. It's it's so much fun to watch, and I especially like he's when he's confronting his wife about it, and she nervously picks up a product and starts doing it, and he's like looking around. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> that was it's so good, so good. Ten out of ten. <laughs> Did you watch anything else? Um, no, no, just TV and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, 
Game of Thrones. Oh, actually, I did watch, um, what's it called? Hot Fuzz. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was decent. Um, I'll probably give it like a seven and a half. A seven and a half. Uh, the, these guys put together good movies. Yeah. None of them have blown me away, but they've all been much better than I expected. Yeah, I... Hmm. Uh, I it may be a seven. Maybe seven and a half. I always feel like they're overrated. But I feel like when I watched at least Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, I feel like I need to rewatch them. Because yeah. I feel like I wasn't as much of a cine, cinephile as I am now. So I'm, maybe my tastes have changed a little bit. Yeah. Because I really like The World's End a lot, the newer one. I liked uh, Paul. I don't think it was the same director, but def- I know what you mean. Well, I just mean those guys yeah. in general. I, I don't know. I just Every time I see previews for their movies, I think it looks super corny. And <laughs> it always seems to be a topic that's already done or is being done. But they find a way to make it they original. Do. They really do. Yeah. Cool. So, How about Game of Thrones, I guess, since I brought it up? Um, episode 4. Episode 4. It was a pretty good one. Big fight. Yeah. Some stuff that they are starting to kill people in the show that are very much alive and well in <laughs> really? the books. Yeah, I'm like nervous. Does this mean this guy's about to die in the books? Because I kind of that would suck. Or is it just they're going a, a different, different direction? Way. And I kind of hope it's the latter. But I don't know. I still I'm having fun Did, watching it. Are they confirmed? Um, two people in particular confirmed that they're dead. I don't think they're confirmed. Wait. The preview for the next episode kind of confirms that at least one of them is. Really? So, uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah. I'm still enjoying the show. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see episode five. I'm really excited for it. Yeah. Definitely. Um, all right. I'm going to get into some of these other HBO shows that I've been catching. Or not right. shows. Movies that I recorded. Um, Big Eyes. Actually, this one I rented through Redbox. This is the Tim Burton movie starring Christoph Waltz and Amy Adams about the artist Margaret Keane and her life story about how she was this artist who made these pictures with like very big expressionistic eyes, hence the title, Big Big Eyes. eyes. Um, Great artwork, but uh, she never got any notice for it, you know. I guess she wasn't a great salesperson, plus people weren't respectful of women as much back then. Yeah. So she marries this guy, Christoph Waltz, another painter, and he starts putting his name and pretending like he drew her pictures, and all of a sudden it blows up and super famous. Jeez. And then eventually it goes, the climax is like in a courtroom because it's, she wants the credit, you know, so, and they got divorced or something, so... It's kind of a battle between who to show the world who actually drew these paintings. Yeah, interesting story. It sounds pretty cool. I'd, I'd probably like it. Not the best execution. Really, <laughs> just like uh, you know, a it's lot the of theme. these movies. Yeah, great story, but um, good acting. Actually, Christoph Waltz. I love the guy. Love the guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love all those roles. But here, I don't know, man. Really? Definitely his weakest performance that I've seen. It just, he's so over the top. And maybe it's a language barrier thing. Maybe the director didn't know how to use him right. Maybe he just was not the right person for this role. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know, especially for the time period setting, it just didn't seem right. 
But Amy Adams was really good. It had some interesting, like, set design and period piece stuff. But Tim Burton, man, he's kind of over, isn't he? Yeah. His style style just isn't relevant anymore because he made that look. You know what I mean? He's like, he's a parody of himself. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But I don't know. It just was kind of dull again. And not the best. It just... Again, it just wasn't very captivating. I think a lot of these people would do well with taking breaks. Yeah. Like, being really productive for a little while and then stepping back. Or at least being, like, Reassessed. at the forefront. <laughs> but it's hard, I guess, because of the money they're making. Yeah. But I give it five and a half out of ten. Okay. Moving along, watch The Book Thief. The Book Thief. This is a movie that came out Christmas 2013. It's, um... Like a, another one of these Nazi Holocaust time era movies. Yeah. Um, about a girl, a German girl, who grows up in a household where her parents or grandparents or whatever, they're hiding a Jew in the house. And they're also making everyone burn books or something. Yeah. Based on the obviously true story. And. It's basically just about how the conflicts between all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like they want to stop the burning of the books, and they they want to hide these to protect these innocent people and all that. It's again, it's just it was really boring. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a honorable story and honorable people, you know, but it just typical hall there's so many of these kinds of movies yeah it really is they really it's kind of sad to say it but yeah i love world war ii movies personally but yeah they really it just seems like people think oh if i make a movie about this then it's like uh the monument man i love the idea of the monument man yeah it's 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 so nonchalant in world war ii like they they made world war ii seem like it was (laughs) well we won. We just gotta get all this stuff. Like, yeah. there wasn't nothing else to it, really. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's over. It's in video games too. They go to that well so much. Yeah. Least, I mean, they've kind of gotten away from it recently, but yeah, now um, it's the future. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I, I didn't really like it. Five out of ten. And a movie I hated. <laughs> that. I knew I was going to. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't even know why I watched it, but. Draft day. Yeah. Kevin Costner. Yeah. The NFL draft. He's the GM. I knew it wasn't going to be The Cleveland Browns. It is terrible. It's... They should have just shot the very end of the movie and released it as that little glimpse. Because <laughs> I thought that was the only part that was remotely interesting. You watched it? Draft day? Yeah. yeah. You didn't like it? You didn't like it. Yeah. I just... It's... I, I thought the end was cool. It was completely... Nonsensical. (laughs) Could never happen. They would never take a guy overall first just because he was the best player if they knew he was going to fall that far. It was so convoluted. And people like this movie, and I feel like it's the only people that don't know sports. It's so shiny. 
if you don't know any better, and, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, I I didn't like anything about it, but I could see kind of how people might like it if they're not into sports, because it, it kind of reminds you of the scenes from Moneyball where he's wheeling a deal. Yeah. Except it's so empty and meaningless and nonsensical. Kind of like the NFL. <laughs> yeah, and it's such a shill for the NFL. Yeah, it's, it's such it's an so blatant. Yeah. Just the the way they're talking, it just was killing me. I couldn't take it. I the only part I liked was the guy that they do draft number one overall. Yeah, that that actor I really really like. He was Jackie Robinson in Forty Two. He was. Um, Seen the Marvel James, movies now? He's going to be Black Panther. Yeah, yeah I love this guy. Uh, he was James Brown in the Get On Up, uh, the right. biopic, which actually I've talked about it like a couple months ago, but I really liked it. I was surprised. It's a really good movie. Yeah, he's a uh, he's up and coming. He's going to be a big yeah. star. Yeah, he's awesome for sure. He he was good, I thought, but that was about it. I give it a three and a half out of ten. <laughs> I just was watching it and getting so frustrated. You know, yeah, it's just such a blatant NFL. I'll trade you my next five years number ones. Yeah, obviously I'm exaggerating a little bit, but just stupid idea for me. Yeah, I completely agree. And the love interest is so weird, and there's I just everything about it. Yeah, that's pretty forced. All right, well, I watched a couple older movies that were considered to be well regarded. I watched The Abyss. Okay. Have you seen it? Um, this is James Cameron's first movie, I think. Uh, is think? it about a ship? Yeah, it's like underwater. There's this nuclear submarine that got synced, and then there's this kind of mystical presence under there. Oh, uh, no, I'm getting mixed up with a different movie. Oh, really? Yeah. This is James Cameron, same guy that made Aliens and Titanic and Avatar. Um... Either if it's not his first movie, one of his early ones. Um, it's the only one of his that I hadn't seen, okay. and he makes good movies, yeah. obviously. So I seems like a safe. I'd f- finish out that filmography. Um, I didn't love it. Uh, it's probably one of my least favorite of his movies. Actually, um, hmm. felt more like a Michael Bay movie, like a good. <laughs> <laughs> A good quote unquote Michael Bay movie like The Rock or one of his better movies, which are still just Hard mediocre. Made that. I, th- I think The Rock is a six and a half out of ten. I think it's okay. It's yeah. a decent action movie, but definitely one of his better ones, which is sad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this I would also give a six and a half out of ten. Although the filmmaking is more interesting, like there you can see hints. Of what's to come from James Cameron. Some interesting ideas. It's just really long. And for some reason, the underwater stuff, it just wasn't really interesting me too much. Okay. Um, but there was definitely some interesting things. Like, it was almost like a sci-fi outer space movie, but just underwater. Huh. Just the way the ships were moving, it felt like almost like a Star Wars kind of type of thing yeah. at times and that was I felt I thought that was actually really cool how to bend that perception you know that's pretty cool but uh not great overall and the last thing I watched was Wag the Dog I've heard of this <laughs> yeah I saw it once when I was like in either elementary school or early middle school at my stepdad's 
family's party or whatever this was on and everyone's like oh my god this movie is so funny it's so good and to me at that time it was just the driest most boring not good movie right so I'm like I bet you I was not looking at things the way I would so let me get, let me give this a shot uh, it's about Robert De Niro is like this fixer um, uh, and he gets called in to help the president get out of a bind where he like had an affair with something and it's two weeks before the election so he needs a distraction to not have the media focus on this and lose him the re-election oh, okay. Robert De Niro gets called in as a fixer and then he teams up with Dustin Hoffman who is a Hollywood producer writer right. so they team up and it's like a parody kind of not parody but satire I think I've seen this movie a long time ago yeah well TV or it's, something like that but it's actually really good it's starting to ring bells it's really really good actually it's a very funny satire um I, I don't know I would just sit here and quote stuff that wouldn't be interesting <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised and I had to change my rating that I had on Letterboxd. <laughs> I give it a heavy 8 out of 10. Nice. I mean, I I was laughing out loud at, at certain times. I think De Niro is a very underrated comedian. Yeah. And it wasn't perfect. Like, there were definitely things that didn't work, but definitely way more that worked. Okay. All right. Well, let's get on to the news. We have a couple things. Um... It's been officially announced that the second Star Wars spin-off movie will be a Boba Fett origin story. Oh, nice. Uh, didn't they introduce a director for Yeah, this? I was going to say, Josh Trank was supposed to direct it. He directed Fantastic Four and Chronicle, but he was fired because the same producers from Fantastic Four are producing this Star Wars movie, and apparently they threw him under the bus saying he's hard to work with, he came... Ooh came to work and like isolated himself and was high as a kite all the time and <laughs> yeah, like, so they didn't trust him with such a heavy yeah, franchise it's kind of I don't know what to believe you know yeah Hollywood <laughs> I feel like maybe they just didn't get along with this guy they didn't look like the method to his madness <laughs> and I just hope because I love Chronicle have you, did you see yeah, that? Yeah. Sound Superhero movie? Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to Fantastic Four. I just hope this doesn't ruin his career. I hope he can still continue to make movies from this. Yeah. Because he's a talented guy. Yeah, I thought Chronicles were pretty good. But Boba Fett, like, that's like a fan favorite, right? He's yeah. a guy that barely had any screen time in the movies, but somehow everyone is obsessed with him. <laughs> uh, I guess it could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think he's going to be a hard person to actually get people to connect with. Yeah. Because it's sort of the interesting thing about him is he's a bounty hunter. And he's like, you don't know anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's sort of the mystery around him is really what yeah, makes him so... Exactly. Anything I, could be true. I feel like they're going to have to have a lot of other bounty hunters kind of help carry the weight of the film. You know, have like interesting side characters, nemesis rivals. Yeah, he, he definitely can't be like a standalone interest in the movie. Yeah. You know, or not literally, you know what I mean? There's going to be a cast around him. Yeah. Friends and foes. And probably in his, he's kind of the gray department. 
but all his friends. Of all the announced Star Wars stuff coming up, this is my least interest in this. Yeah. It's, I'll it's, see it. <clears throat> oh, yeah. But, I don't know, I definitely like the idea of Rogue One a lot better, and obviously the main storyline. That, and I just want to see the main one. I want to see what this next generation of Star Wars is going to be before yeah. I start judging and yeah. whatever the side stories. So. But to me, they've done such a good job with who they've hired as directors for these movies, like interesting young filmmakers. And I'm, I hope they can replace Trank with uh, an equally as interesting guy. Yeah. Because you got, uh, I mean, J.J. Abrams isn't like a young up-and-comer, but he's a, he's a good filmmaker. Yeah. you got Ryan Johnson, one of my favorite directors. Uh, and he directed Looper. Did you see that? Yeah. Well, well not all of it. And they have the guy that did Godzilla doing Rogue One, so... That's cool. They're getting these interesting names, at least. Maybe they'll get, like, Blow Camp or something like that to do a weird side story. I can, I can only see him doing a side story of anything, but... He's doing an Aliens movie next, and, uh... Is he actually doing it? Yeah. He seems to be one of those guys that will give see... my franchise <laughs> and take it away. I need to see him have a couple yeah, big I, movies. I totally agree with you, because <laughs> I'm a big fan, but it's... A little bit I've seen of Chappie. Yeah. As interested as I was in that movie. I loved District 9. Did not like Elysium in early accounts of Chappie. I thought Elysium was okay, but it doesn't seem to be... He needs something else. Yeah. He's going to the same well a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that well is dry. <laughs> uh, speaking of directors, there's... a. Uh, Short list revealed for the Spider-Man director for the new Spider-Man movie. Okay. Um, you got Jonathan Levine, who directed Fifty Fifty and Warm Bodies. Um, I think he's a pretty interesting filmmaker. This is the guy out of all these that I think I would like to see. Uh, you have Jared Hess, who directed Napoleon Dynamite. That's kind of a stretch. <laughs> yeah. And he's directing... One of the movies coming out this summer that's that's like a blockbuster, like trying to be a blockbuster. I think it might be selfless. Okay. But apparently he's going in a different direction with his life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Jason Moore, who directed Pitch Perfect. Um, I guess I can kind of see where they're coming from with that. That's like a choreographed dance and sing. Oh, okay, stuff. so, so I you guess, can put things together. Yeah, maybe that's what they're thinking. Um Ted Melfi, who did St. Vincent, which was what we reviewed in your first ever episode. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was a decent a movie, but... Pretty big leap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to go from that to Spider-Man, so... I don't know. And also, the duo... I forget, I didn't write down their names. They didn't have enough space in the paper that are directing the new Vacation reboot. Oh, okay. So, who knows with that? We haven't seen it. But let's talk about Vacation, because pre-Judgment Day... That is one of the trailers <laughs> we'll be talking about. The new Vacation had a Red Band trailer coming out. What'd you think? I I love the Vacation movies. Yeah. I really love them. And when I kind of heard about the idea of this, I was not pleased. But, I mean, I gotta admit, it doesn't look like the movie will be completely horrible. It doesn't look like it's going to be a tit-for-tat exact remake of the old one the humor seems to be more updated and which I, I have no issue with in the old vacation movies but if you want to get 
more people into it. You gotta make kids how kids are today. Yeah. Uh, going in without seeing a trailer, I thought this is gonna be a shitty comedy, yeah. modern comedy. I've a little bit higher expectations now, slightly. Like I still, there was actually a couple times where I laughed during the trailer, especially yeah. the rim job. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. But a lot of it was kind of reminding me of Where the Millers. Yeah. Did you uh, not like that movie? I didn't really like it. Really? Yeah. I didn't think I was going to like it at all, and then I watched it, and it was a completely different movie, and I expected it, and a slightly above average movie. Love the Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls single <laughs> sequence in that movie, but that's about it. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it's a comedy. It's yeah. going to come down to if it's funny or not. I think Ed Helms actually was a little bit better of a choice than I thought he was going to be. He, he kind of has a little bit of that uh, Chevy Chase, yes. uh, I don't know what it is that he has, his charm, him, being able, like the room job thing, <laughs> yeah. him being able to say that seriously, kind of yeah. to his son, that. <laughs> the other kind of part I laughed at, which I don't know how it will play since they showed it in the trailer, but it's when, it's like a repeat of the first movie. Yeah, when yeah. she's... Looking at him and then he looks away and she gets demolished by like a bus or something. Like <laughs> it's kind of like in Neighbors when that the airbag thing gag when it <laughs> shoots him up in there. Yeah. That physical comedy that comes out of nowhere. It kind of works the first time you see it, but then it loses. I think Christina Applegate is a pretty good. Um, I don't know what the lady's name is. The original mom. Uh, and, Beverly. Uh, yeah. The real actress. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think if they were trying to go for that scene, yeah. it was a good choice. Yeah, she's a good, like, straight woman to the, you know, like an anchor man. Yeah. She's a great, you know. Yeah, and she's actually kind of funny, too, yeah. like, in her own way. But, she plays it straight, but it kind of works to offset against yeah. the goofballness. Exactly. Um, and Sense8 was another trailer. This is a Netflix show. That comes out June fifth or sixth, I believe. The Wachowski siblings, uh, directors of The Matrix, obviously, <laughs> and Cloud Atlas and Jupiter Ascending. It's their go at a television series. This is a show about I don't know exactly, but eight people. One of these kind of super. It kind of reminds me of Heroes a little bit. What are they? They like they can share each other's experiences and thoughts yeah. or something. Eight people that are super connected. It can just you know some weird sci-fi. Yeah, thing. it doesn't really show how that it's all going to play out either. But looks interesting. I'll, I'll definitely check it out when it comes out. I don't know if it's going to be good or bad or not. But yeah, I I would I, like to think it's going to be above average with the guys that are connected or making it you know? yeah I mean I love The Matrix I love Cloud Atlas haven't seen Jupiter Ascending yet but I horrible things I've, yeah, I, haven't, I haven't heard the best thing <laughs> <laughs> I'm withholding judgment but it I am pre judgment yeah <laughs> true true I definitely am interested I'm gonna at least watch the first episode yeah um I thought it was a cool idea and uh, I don't know Give it a shot. I think it's out of the three that we're doing, it was the one I was least ex yeah. excited for. But well, actually, it still looked cool. I'd say it was second. Vacation was my least. But yeah, but again. Yeah. 
And the last one is a documentary trailer, which I, I don't know if I've ever watched a trailer for a documentary until now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Rodney Asher's The Nightmare. This is a, a horror documentary about sleep paralysis. Or paralysis, excuse me. Mm. About people who, when they're just about to fall asleep or about to wake up, get paralyzed in kind of a in-between state between sleep and awake and they have these hallucinations and visions and nightmares and look terrifying yeah it's freaky <laughs> as shit man. yeah I wasn't sure exactly what it was about except that it was scary and it definitely looks cool yeah I'm actually really interested in it yeah um I didn't see this guy's first documentary Room 237 which is about like I've heard of it but people's Weird people's weird uh, interpretations of The Shining. Uh, that's what that's actually, about. I've I don't know if I've seen the whole thing or if I've just seen clips of it in people. I never I've heard good things it. about it, but I just never had interest in it. Yeah, but this definitely like this actually. I guess because it's you know that it's a documentary and this is real stuff. Like that kind of leads more of a believability to it. Yeah. That, I think that's my biggest issue with a lot of horror is I would like at least a grain of truth that could sprout the story. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of people just I actually got a little scared just from the trailer. So yeah, I, like I was saying, I had goosebumps for a second. <laughs> and it is out of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> saying something. <Sauna>. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the last little thing I want to say is that Survivor has announced uh, the next season was a second chances season. They announced 32 people that have played the game one time, no winners, and the fans get to vote for who's going to be on the next season. Hmm. So, once a day for the next two weeks. So, is it the 21st season? 31st. 31st, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I've, I've been voting so far, and... I'm actually pretty excited about the season. A lot of good characters on there. So, nice. if anyone is a Survivor fan, go vote. And if you haven't watched Survivor in a while and this sounds interesting to you, this could be something because there's some people from the first season, there's some people from the very early seasons, and then, of course, some of the more recent favorites. But it uh, could be good. Nice. So, in theaters... It has begun. The summer box office challenge <laughs> is underway. Joel's out of the gate like a bat out of hell. Avengers Age of Ultron made $191 million in its opening weekend domestically. Uh, let's, I'll actually Google it real quick about what it's up to overall. Please go out and see point. the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. No, I actually am rooting for it even though it's not mine. It's up to almost $700 million worldwide already. Woo. I'm guessing it'll be at like 800 after this this next weekend, so pretty good business. Not a bad start. Um, also, Far From the Madding Crowd came out, a period piece. Yeah. I don't know if it made any money. And Welcome to Me, a little indie about, uh, starring Kristen Wiig as a mentally ill person who wins the lottery. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Look out for the D train. That's I don't know what that's about, but Jack Black comedy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna try to check out Avengers soon, sometime soon. I'm hearing it's like a 75% of Rotten Tomatoes. I'm hearing mixed things. 
most people say it's not as good as the first, but I mean, the first one's pretty darn good. I'm still very interested in the movie. I don't yeah, uh, I mean, even though I picked it, I'm, I'll wait until it comes out. I wasn't. I liked the first Avengers, but it didn't blow me away or anything. Yeah, it wasn't amazing. Yeah, I, it might have made it the bottom of my top ten that year, but I just I'm a huge Marvel comics oh, guy. Yeah, of course, I, I just I personally liked some of the individual movies a little bit better than mm-hmm. I actually liked the Avengers. But I, it's still a solid movie. Definitely yeah. worth checking out. Like I said during the draft, I'm a Marvel zombie. I'm more actually, if I could, maybe it's just because the reviews are out and I've listened to them and all. But I would probably switch Ant Man to more. I'm more anticipating seeing Ant Man than this now. Yeah, that definitely has to be because it didn't get the ravest of rave reviews. Probably, but what can I say? Next week on the podcast, we'll be reviewing Selma. The Oscar Best Picture nominated film by Avu DuVernay is her name, I believe. And we'll also be doing our top five civil rights movies. So it's going to get serious. (laughs) Uh, Also coming out on Redbox is The Cobbler, the horrendously reviewed Adam Sandler movie. Well, good figure. (laughs) He plays a guy... He has like a, he's a cobbler and he has a magic shoe where he can like, I don't know. You lost me already. Yeah. I, and also Mr. Turner, which actually got good reviews, is a Mike Lee film, a biopic about the artist something Turner. <laughs> so thanks for listening as always. And you can email us, theredboxreport at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Redbox Report. I am on Twitter at the Oreo Report. I'm on Twitter at the RBR Joel. You remembered. I did. <laughs> like us on Facebook, subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher Radio. And on Letterboxd, I am at the Oil Report. So, as always, thanks for listening. See you next time. If I